Okay, babies. Um, it's Dr. Zom, and I am back on, uh, I believe, what we call the weather that's going on for the past few days as the drizzling shits. Um, Mary and I just went, tried to go for a walk, and I even took my big golf umbrella. I don't golf, but I have a big golf umbrella. And the wind is blowing so hard that I actually had to just close the umbrella and carry it, uh, which was a burden. And um, But I had my little motorcycle jacket liner, and it is waterproof. And uh, the way I found that out is one time it was hot out, and I thought that the coat or the jacket was waterproof. And uh, I got soaked because what I didn't know was the liner is waterproof. And um, so if it's hot out, you have to take a raincoat with you uh, and some rain pants. Uh, I did get to, I did go ride. Um, I'm taking my wet shoes off right now. I did go ride my motorcycle for the um, first time this year. And, uh, you know, it was all right. Um, still get, it just, you have to kind of get some, build up some stamina. My hands get tired. And uh, not that, you know, I've had a bike before where it, uh, I got a lot of vibration through the, um, through the, the uh, handlebars, through the hand grips. That was my FZ8. And uh, that's one of the reasons I got rid of it. It was really fast and everything, but it was just, uh, my hands would just go numb. And I would have to try and figure out ways to hold on to the fucking handlebars, you know, the grips. Uh, and I even bought gloves that had like a gel grip uh, in the uh, hands of them, but it didn't, it didn't help. So anyway, now I have my little Honda, uh, 300 and, um, it's really light and everything. The only problem was I still just had a little bit of a problem kind of getting off of it once I rode for just a little bit, uh, you know, the back thing and my leg goes numb and everything. And it's, you know, I'm no spring chicken anymore. So, you know, putting my leg up over, well, I have a, um, like a, um, uh, waterproof, like, um, I guess kind of like a, some kind of a bag that zips up and, um, it's attached to the passenger seat and I keep my raincoat and some tools and stuff in there. But it makes it, you know, when I put my leg over it, I have to, it makes, I have to put my leg up higher. And uh, without that, I don't think I would have as much of an issue. I did get to stop uh, when I was riding across the country road by this one farm. Uh, they have a camel, a zebra, and a donkey, and I think some horses. And the camel is really big. And uh, it was right up by the fence with the zebra. So I thought, you know, I'm going to stop. I almost went by, and then I thought, you know what? I'm going to stop, and I want to take some video of the camel and the zebra. And uh, as soon as I stopped and got off the bike and started walking toward, well, the camel started walking away. The zebra stayed right there, which was funny because it must it's uh, pretty friendly because it just stayed right there with me and, I got a lot of video of it and of the camel, but it was further away, so you can't tell how big it is. It's huge. Uh, and then the little don donkey 
or a burrow or whatever it is was down in the outer part of the pasture and I could hear it down there going, ah, 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 and I was like, what the fuck? So anyway, I got some video of that I posted on the Facebook. Um, watched some movies since the last time I was on and um, I just thought I would, you know, talk about, I don't know how long this episode will be because, you know, even though I've watched several over the past few days, but we'll see, you know, maybe we'll get a two hour out of it. Maybe we'll get a shorty, you know, who knows? Uh, you know, maybe a, uh, like a short episode every day would be better than, you know, I don't know. Well, we'll just see how it goes. I mean, if I start getting tired or whatever, I got my, uh, my, uh, what do you call it? Pink lemonade drink that has no sugar and no calories. I don't think in it. Um, I left music on in the uh, other room for Mary. She was a, little, a, wee, a wee bit dump, and uh, she's in there laying on the floor. Um, she had to poop, so at least we, when we went out, she did get to a uh, poop. And um, so she's listening to the Eagles right now, a peaceful, easy feeling I can hear in there. Um, I watched uh, Pacific Rim today. Uh, as I was saying on Facebook, I love this movie. Um, I like uh, um, Del Toro. And uh, just about everything he has done, I have enjoyed. Um, or, yeah, Guillermo del Toro. Uh, and um, this one I really like because, uh, you know, I grew up liking um, um, comic books, for one thing, science fiction, but also uh, kaiju movies, like, uh, you know, mostly Godzilla and King Kong stuff. <coughs> Ciao. But with Godzilla, you get some other ones that, uh, you know, came around or came into the uh, equation with each movie. Um, I really like this one. It's probably the, I would say, well, Charlie Hunnam, as far as starring in a movie, uh, this was probably one of the one of my favorites of, of his because most of the, the uh, soccer hooligan movie was pretty good. Was it Green... Green Street Hooligans or something like that. Then, um, oh shit, that son of a bitch. He doesn't make very good movies. Uh, I mean, I don't know. I've said on the show before, I think that, you know, maybe he's, I don't know, maybe he's just not that versatile. Um, he has this funny swagger that people make fun of from Sons of Anarchy, and he does it on other shows too, other movies and shows too. Uh, King Arthur Legend of the Sword was very, um, I think that was like a, a GoPro movie where, you know, they had some GoPro stuff, uh, you know, with them running and doing all the stuff in the shaky cam and all this crazy stuff. Um, Children of Men, he just had a small part in that, but he was a bastard in that. Uh, he was a jerk. Let's see. Let me get over here. I don't know if I talked about his stuff. I'll just go real quick. Triple Frontier was pretty good. That was with Ben Affleck. And um, um, let's see. Um, of course, Charlie Hunnam and uh, uh, Garrett Hedlund. I like him. Um, he played Pierce in the Logan Wolverine movie. Oscar Isaac was good in this too. And Pedro Pascal. It's a dude like a uh, adventure kind of mercenary movie. Uh, I think it was made for Netflix. So I, I like that one. I'd like to watch that one again, but I don't have Netflix anymore. 
Uh, let's see. The true history of the Kelly gang. Was that R. Kelly and the girl pissing on each other? No, it's Ned Kelly, the uh, Australian bush ranger. He was like the probably like the Jesse James of Australia. Uh, I have not seen that one. There was one um, uh, with Mick Jagger in it uh, a long time ago that was about, I think it was just called Ned Kelly. This one stars George McKay, S.C. Davis, and Nicholas Hout. Um, let's see, who else? Anybody that I know? Of course, Charlie Hunnam's who we're talking to boot. Uh, Russell Crowe is also in this. Uh, let's see, when did that come out? 2019. So maybe, maybe I should give it a look. Let me see what's going on here with this Ned Kelly. The history of the Kelly gang. I did die for your mommy. Tell the truth. A man cannot outrun his destiny. I kind of know the story. Fifteen pound you cost me. Russell Crowe. You can learn that back. I were but a child, yet I were already travelling full tilt toward the man I would become. Looks like it could be pretty good if you like, like, uh, my dog Morgan. Or what was the one with, um, oh, um, was it Ray Winstone and Guy Pierce? The uh, what the heck was that? Oh, the proposition. That's sort of I, I get a feel from this trailer that it's sort of like the proposition, which I like that one. That was a very, um, it was a good movie. It was a good western, um, and it had a lot of flies in it. <laughs> Let's see. Okay, so I'm, I need to maybe watch that Ned Kelly movie. So let me make a little um, bookmark. Skadooch. There we go. Johnny, you did a good job there, you little fucker. I haven't seen The Gentleman. I have seen clips of it uh, with uh, Matthew McConaughey and uh, uh, Low Hanging Balls, um, what's his face, Colin Farrell, um, that looked like it, that, you know, pretty funny. I th- is this Guy Ritchie? Yeah, Guy Ritchie. Guy Ritchie also did the, uh, he must like Charlie Hunnam because he also did that uh, King Arthur movie that was just kind of meh. Uh, let's see who else is in this fucker. Jesus H. Christ. Uh, Hugh Grant is in this. Um, he just kind of, he had all that publicity at that one time when he screwed that chick that looked like Marvin Hagler behind, uh, what's her name's back. Uh, he had what's her face who is like 50 some years old now and has a great set of boobs that she likes showing off all the time. Uh, Elizabeth Hurley. But he was screwing behind her back. He was screwing a girl who looked like Marvin Hagler with a wig on. Oh, let's see what else we got here. Jesus Christ. Last looks. Charlie Waldo. Okay, I have seen the trailer for this. This is with Mel Gibson and Charlie Hunnam. Uh, a disgraced ex-cop seeks solace by moving 
to the woods, but his quiet life comes to an end when a private eye recruits uh, him to investigate a murder. Uh, uh, you know, anything with uh, Mel Gibson in it nowadays, I, I'll usually give it a watch anyway. And he's, you know, he's got the charisma no matter what a fuckhead he is. Um, but I, I like uh, that Mar- Marina Baccarin. She's in Deadpool. She's good looking. Clancy Brown is always good. He's always good. Um, Clancy Brown. <laughs> He's always good. The Clancy Brown. Michael Otis. Was he the guy that was he? No, no, no. He's, I thought he was the guy in heroes that played Mr. Spock, but I know as soon as I saw and I thought, wait a minute, I'm thinking of the guy that plays Mr. Spock and it's not the same guy. Method man. Okay. Let's get out of this. Um, well, well, let me see. What kind of a rating did they give that fucker? 5.8 out of 10, because I was going to say, I haven't heard anything about it and it came out in 2021. So that's one that looks like I could probably pass on it. Uh, let's see. Shant, Shantaram with starring Charlie Hunnam, a heroin addicted incarcerated for a robbery escapes prison and reinvents himself as a doctor in the slums of Bombay. Uh, his ties to crime and underworld there lead him to Afghanistan, where he partners with the mob boss locked in a battle with Russian criminals. Well, who else is in this? Is this a series? Well, let me think. Okay, it says TV series, 2022, based on the international best-selling novel. I've never even heard of this. Charlie Hunnam. Let's see if there's anybody in here that I recognize. He must be getting all the money because I don't see anybody else in here that I recognize. So we'll get out of that. If it doesn't have more than one actor in it, I'm good for Jungle Land. Tonight in Jungle Land. Two brothers try to escape their circumstances by traveling across the country for a no-holds-barred boxing match that becomes a fight for their lives. Charlie Hunnam and Jack O'Connell. Uh, directed by Max Winkler. Uh, this, I don't know. It doesn't look too grand to me. Again, Charlie Hunnam... I think you know the ladies like him. He's got a he's got a nice look and everything, but um, this kind of looks like that one with um, Tom Hardy and that other dude, Edgerton. Maybe not. It it might be different. Oh, Let's go fight in a bare knuckle brawl. I mean, I can see it. Or is this mixed martial arts? I can see a future when I close my eyes. Maybe this would be good. I don't know. I like Charlie Hunnam in the movie with uh, Olivia Wilde and um, uh, what's his face that played Chopper Reed. This one might not be bad. It got a 6.2 out of 10. Maybe I'll give it a a chance. Let's see here. Go back, daddy-o. Go back, daddy. Go back. Papillon, the remake of Papillon was pretty good with Charlie Hunnam. It had some. It had a few uh, added things that weren't in the Steve McQueen Dustin Hoffman movie, so I didn't mind that one that much. A million little pieces. What's this movie? Aaron Taylor Johnson, 
Billy Bob Thornton. Uh, it's directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. And it's a drug-dependent young man faces his past and his inner demons after he is interned in an institution for being addicted. And I just watched a movie with Aaron Taylor uh, Johnson in it, which was the uh, new or newer Godzilla movie. Billy Bob Thornton, Gianni Veribizi, uh, Juliet Lewis is in this. Uh, Dash, uh, My Hawk, who there for a while he was in a lot of stuff, and I never liked. Him. I mean, he wasn't bad. I don't know what it was. I just uh, that uh, movie, the cop movie with Kurt Russell. Um, yeah, I don't know. This also has Charlie Hunnam. You look so good, fantastic man. Let's see what it, what they gave Papillon. Seven point two out of ten. See, that's not too bad. Um, wrongfully convicted for murder, uh, Henri Chanier forms an unlikely uh, relationship with fellow inmate and quirky convicted counterfeiter Louis Dega in an attempt to escape from the notorious penal colony on Devil's Island. And that was directed by Michael Nauer. What else did he do? Rabbit hole time here. Let's see what the fucker did. Why did he deserve to make a movie of this kind of caliber? Wait a minute. Why am I looking under actor when I should be looking under director? Uh, Papillon. Son of God are. Well, not too much that I really recognize. Well, somebody gave him a chance. I'm not going to go down that rabbit hole because I don't care. I don't care. He did a pretty good job from what I remember. That's one that maybe I, I should revisit because I always did like the uh, Steve McQueen, Dustin Hoffman, Papillon. Um, and um, we used to, it was funny because when we were little kids, this is so weird. They talk about how kids are inspired by, you know, Maybe, you know, they become violent because they watch violent movies. <laughs> and when I was, I I know, I think, I'm pretty sure we were in like grade school. And um, I don't think I saw the movie Papillon. I think I saw the trailer for it on TV. And then maybe one of my friends saw it. And then he was telling me about it. And like we would play Planet of the Apes and pretend like the apes were chasing us and we would be on our bicycles and stuff like they were horses. and all this. You know, when you're a kid and you got the imagination thing going. But we would play Papillon too and we would pretend like we were trying to escape from Devil's Island. That's kind of funny, you know, when you think about, about it. But who else was in Papillon? Uh, probably not a lot of people that I recognize and I would say, well, Rami uh, Malik. Uh, I like him. Uh, actually, uh, I think um, Bohemian Rhapsody, the uh, Freddie Mercury biopic, is on Tubi. I just uh, was in there looking, and I think it's a new ad. Lost City of Zed was pretty good. It wasn't anything great, but it's a throwback to one of those like um, kind of treasure hunting, uh, jungle adventure kind of a thing. Crimson Peak, I like that one. That was a scary movie, but I actually like that one, and I don't like scary movies that much. Uh, this is the kind of scary movie that I, I do like, though. Uh, not a lot of murder and not a lot of uh, slashing gore like in uh, 
what was the fucking clown movie that was out here recently? Whatever. Uh, this is, oh, no wonder I liked it. It's Guillermo del Toro. And he must like Charlie Hunnam too, because he used him in this. And he used him in um, the goddamn Pacific Rim. <laughs> in the aftermath of a family tragedy, an aspiring author is torn between love uh, for his childhood friend and temptation of a mysterious outsider. Trying to escape the ghost of her past, she is swept away to a house that breathes, bleeds, and remembers. Tom Hiddleston is in this. He was uh, pretty good. Mia Wasikowska and Jessica Chastain with her blood red hair and her, uh, the fucking uh, pale skin and the red lips. Um, she's all right. She's all right. Um, the only thing I don't like about her was that she was in that Zero Dark uh, 30 and um, I thought that was uh, pretty much a um, torture propaganda fucking USA, USA, USA movie. Uh, it wasn't bad, but it just kind of makes me sick. Uh, oh, look, we tortured somebody. And uh, then we found Osama bin Laden, which is total fucking bullshit. Uh, Bern Gorman was also in this, was also in Pacific Rim. So Guillermo must like him too. Any hot chicks in this? I like to look at hot chicks. Hot chicks are my thing. I'm a sexist bastard. I'm a misogynistic fuckhead. I'm not a misogynist. I just like uh, chicks. <laughs> Deadfall was the one with Eric Bana and Olivia Wilde. And I really like Olivia Wilde. I think she is hot. That was directed by Stefan Ruzowitzki. And uh, what else did he do that got him the ability to make a fucking major motion picture in Hollywood, California? Eh? Barbarians, that's a TV series. Uh, Patient Zero, what's that? Oh, that's got that chick in it, um, Natalie Dormer. Um, she was in The Counselor with Brad Pitt and Michael Fassbender. She had a very small part in it, but she had a very tight dress on in it, and she looked good. I think she is in that Vikings um, series that my friend Dick Nixon uh, used to watch all the time, and he loved it. He thought she was hot. I liked her in that movie because she had like a funky Viking chick warrior kind of haircut, which I can't explain what it was. Like I've seen some pictures where like, uh, almost the whole side of her head is shaved, and then the other side is long, and it looks good. After an unprecedented global uh, pandemic turns the majority of humankind into a violent infected, into violent infected, a man gifted with the ability to speak the infected's new language leads the last survivors on a hunt for patient zero and a cure. Stanley Tucci, I like him. Uh, who else is in this? Matt Smith. Matt Smith was in the um, Marvel Comics, uh, the Living Vampire Morbius movie. Um, I wish they would have just had a Morbius movie with Spider-Man. Uh, Matt Smith was good, but I just didn't like that the villain wasn't that didn't uh, you know give me a big boner. Jared Leto. 
who else is in this? Daddy. I'm not seeing anybody that's lighting my fire. Try to set the night on. I like Stanley Tucci, though, and Natalie Dormer has a nice ass that I, as far as I could tell, in the tight dress in The Counselor, which was just an okay movie. Uh, the, like I talked about that one uh, not too long ago on here, that the uh, dialogue was just uh, bleh. I'll see. The Counterfeiters. What's that? That was before uh, Deadfall. He must be a foreigner. Uh, the story of Operation Bernhard, the largest counterfeiting operation in history, carried out by Germany during World War II. Okay. Yeah, he's a foreigner because I don't know any of these people. Don't even recognize a single solitary one. So we get off of that. He made that movie and he got a deadfall. Which is pretty good because Olivia Wilde. It also had Chris Christopherson, Treat Williams, and uh, what's her name? Who's the chick that uh, her family owned the New York Giants? Kate Mara. Uh, Wellington Mara's, I guess, granddaughter. Meh. Okay. Sissy Spacek, too. I like Sissy Spacek. So that was a good movie. I thought it was pretty good. I liked it. Uh, let's see. Let's get out of here. I don't want to see any more about that. Fucker. Uh, okay, so anyway, we can just say that Charlie Hunnam has had a couple of movies there. Green Street Hooligans, okay, that like I said, that was pretty... Cold Mountain, Mountain, he was in that, and he was a butthole in that one too, uh, like he was in Children of Men. Children of Men was good, and Children of Men uh, really... Um, I've talked about this before. I haven't watched that one in a while, and I love that movie. It's so good. And uh, it kind of choked me up there at the end, which my girlfriend at the time laughed because I got choked up. Uh, let's see. She had no heart. And I think that's about it for Charlie, for Mr. Hunnam. And uh, Guillermo must like Ron Perlman, too, because he used Ron Perlman before. Idris Elba was pretty good in that, and I liked Idris Elba in uh, The Wire. But I will say this. Um, you know, I always hear people saying that, oh, Idris Elba should play James Bond. There hasn't been that much. I, I like him in some stuff, but he, he has never, well, except for The Wire and Pacific Rim. I mean, he has never really lit my fire either. He didn't light my fire in Suicide Squad. Um, what else did he not light my fire in? That fucking Matthew McConaughey, Stephen King movie, I did not like. And I didn't really like him in that either. Uh, Avenger, okay, Heimdall in uh, Avengers. Just kind of like, I don't really give a shit. Uh, let's see, Molly's Game. I watched that, I think. that's Isn't that, uh, um, yeah, Jessica Chastain. That's the one where she sets up all the, uh, let's see. A True Story of Molly Bloom, Olympic class skier who ran... The world's most exclusive high-stakes poker game. Okay, yes, I did see that one. Um, again, uh, that's an okay movie. It's worth a watch, but um, he didn't light my fire in that one either. Kevin Costner's in that. Michael Sarah. Uh, come on, baby, light my fire. Try to set the night on fire. Dark Tower sucked. Gorilla. I don't think I saw that. 
pair of activists in 1970s London set out to free a political prisoner and wage a resistance movement. Uh, I didn't see it. That's a miniseries. Uh, let's see. What was that? What channel was that on? Never even heard of it. Rory Kinnear. I like him. He's in that. Idris Elba. Okay, that's uh, Against the Wind by Bob Seger playing in the other room. I heard the piano, but I was like, okay, wait a minute. From Detroit. Uh, Star Trek Beyond. I like that movie, but... Well, I like Star Trek, but uh, again, that one was not very memorable. The special effects and everything were good. It wasn't that memorable... And uh, he was the baddie in that. And uh, as far as I remember, I, again, I don't remember that much about it. Carl Urban. That's Boons. Chris Pine was uh, Shatner. <laughs> Zachary Quinto, who I was thought somebody else was him just a few minutes ago, uh, played Spunk. Uh, let's see. Who else? Simon Pegg. It was Montgomery Scott. Oh, this is the one uh, that was, I think, didn't come out after Anton Yelchin was killed, which that was so sad. That really did. That really did make me sad because he was young and that was just a, a horrible accident. I had one time, I uh, we had this big uh, Gran Torino uh, back in, I think it was like a 1976 or something like that, Gran Torino. And I was pulling it up in to our backyard to worship. I was going to worship the next day and it was dark out. And, um, you know, this is when you're young and stupid. I was probably only like, maybe I was still in high school. I think I was like seven, 16, 17 years old or something. And, um, I was going to open the gate up to put it. And it was just on like a little bit of a slant. And I was going to jump out and open the gate up so I could pull it up in the yard. Um, and, um, I don't think I put it in gear. I didn't put it in park or something like that. And it started fucking uh, just rolling because it was just a little bit of a slant, but it just started rolling just a little bit. And I was like, fuck. And I was trying to, I got, you know, in where the door was and I was going to try and like, you know, just kind of like stop it. And man, um, you can't fucking, when that thing starts rolling, shit. I, I mean, I think that's what happened to this guy. And the and his jeep just like rolled over him and and like folded him up and killed him. Uh, luckily, I got it and got it stopped. Uh, you know, I was able to actually get in it and uh, you know hit the emergency brake or whatever or brake. But anyway, that was sad. Uh, again, this one what did it get rated? Seven point zero out of ten. That's one like all the Star Trek movies. You know, I'll watch uh, because I like Star Trek and uh, I like it. That these movies better than the uh, I liked Rogue One, Star Wars Rogue One, um, and uh, but a lot of those Star Wars movies, I think these Star Trek movies are better. I like Bones and I like uh, Kirk, <laughs> and I like Spock on there, and I like the one with um, what's his face as uh, Khan. I thought that was pretty good, even though you know, of course, people had to dig and dig and dig and tell you who, uh, uh, you know, the con character was or a guest it. And, uh, that kind of took a little bit of a thing off of it. Beast of no nation. I did not see that. I thought that looked pretty good. I'm sure it was pretty brutal and, you know, um, 
about the child soldiers in Africa. That's a documentary, I think, but they made a movie about it too that was on Netflix. But anyway, so Gunman, Gunman with uh, Sean Penn and uh, Idris Elba was kind of poopy. I didn't think it was that good. It got a 5.8 out of 10. It was kind of just meh. You know, Sean Penn, I expected more. And uh, I don't know. I just didn't think it was very good. Um, it might have been better. Oh, it's got, uh, what's his face in it too? Um, Javier uh, uh, Bardem, who I really like, and Ray Winstone. But it just was, I think Sean Penn made it too much. Instead of making it a uh, cool action movie or whatever, it was just kind of fart noise. And he's usually pretty good. He's Will Loves Sean Penn. Uh, let's see, No Good Deed. See, I mean, that's what I'm saying here. These uh, Idris Elba movies, I mean, you know, he's kind of like a uh, like a Charlie Hunnam kind of a guy or a... Uh, Gerard Butler or something. He's not in that much good stuff that I think that he's uh, like some kind of fucking second coming of Sean Connery. Uh, he was good in Prometheus. I liked him in that. He was very colorful in that. Uh, Mandela, that was a good movie about Nelson Mandela, and he played Nelson Mandela in that. Uh, let's see. What else we got here? Johnny... What are you doing? You're just going down the fucking rabbit hole again. People don't want to hear this bullshit. Rock and roll, I like that. Speaking of Gerard Butler. And uh, what's that one guy's name in that? Um, oh, uh, that I think is pretty good. Um, Toby Cabell. Uh, uh, he's a pretty good actor. I don't like Jeremy Piven. I wish that he was in a movie and like he was like, uh, what's his face? Yeah, that gets killed in every movie. Um, the, uh, the coyote and, uh, <laughs> Bugs Bunny. Now, uh, Sean Bean. Mark Strong was in that too. I should watch Rock and Roll again. I thought I liked that one. That was a Guy Ritchie. Guy Ritchie's usually, um, for the most part, he makes entertaining movies. And uh, he has a sense of humor. I mean, he married Madonna. <laughs> Zing, Madonna. Uh, she has a nice. She had a nice body back in the day. Oh, uh, I didn't know Idris Elba was in Buffalo Soldiers. I watched that not too long ago with um, Joaquin Phoenix and Ed Harris. And uh, what's her face? What's that girl's name? Anna Paquin, Scott Glenn. Um, there was probably a lot of people. That was back when they were young. You look so good. Fantastic, Johnny. Let's get back to Sylvan and Ghoul. So anyway, Pacific Rim, I love all the special effects. I love the storyline. Uh, I loved everybody in it. And I thought it was just, uh, it's a 10. I don't give a shit. It's a 10 for me. Irwin Allen time. Michael posted for Irwin Allen time. What is this movie? Flood. From Irwin Allen, producer of The Poseidon Adventure and The Towering Inferno. He did a lot of those uh, uh, big budget, big cast um, uh, disaster movies back in the 70s. An overwhelming action spectacle about an overwhelming disaster that swept through the lives and revealed the lies of a whole city with Robert Culp, Martin Milner from uh, Adam 12, 
Barbara Hershey of Hershey Highway and David Carradine, Seagull, Love Affair, Teresa Wright, Carol Lindley from, uh, she was in Poseidon Adventure, and so was Roddy McDowell. So there you go. I don't remember this one either, uh, Tish. She said she didn't remember it, and neither do I. Jeff Bridges, uh, I saw a thing the other day. They must have been celebrating their, his wedding anniversary. I remembered that uh, he met his first wife when he was young on a movie set. I kept thinking it was Thunderbolt and Lightfoot and that she was the uh, waitress behind the counter, but it was actually on Rancho Deluxe, and she was literally not in the movie a waitress, but she was a waitress uh that worked at the ranch that they, I guess, filmed it on. And they have been married since 1977, 46 years of marriage for the dude. Uh, I started watching Scavenger Hunt way too late last night, and um, I didn't fall asleep. I just needed to go to sleep. This wasn't an Irwin Allen movie, but again, it was one of back in the... 70s, they also made a lot of comedies that had like big all-star casts. Michael Schultz was the director of this. What else did he do? Cooley High, I remember that movie. It's a good movie. Uh, Director. He's still working today. He is director of All American, a TV series. Uh, Black Lightning, he directed some Black Lightning. Uh, I started watching that series, and um, it's good, but I just, there was so much stuff, and for me, as I've said before on here, to keep up with a series, I I don't, it's not that I lose interest, I just, for, I stop watching for a while, and then I forget about it. Uh, Arrow, uh, it was a good series, a good DC series. Um, Black Lightning was a good DC series. What else did he do, bro? You can't hide your lying eyes, bitch. Let's see. The OC. I like that one chick on the OC. I just want to acknowledge her. As um, what's-his-face would say, acknowledge me. Not Rachel Bilson. It's the red-headed one. That's like the, okay, Olivia Wilde was on the OC. I did not know that. I never watched the OC. So uh, maybe I need to go back and check out. I'm sure it's probably shitty, but um, there was that one girl on there that I really, is it Melinda Clark? Uh, Yes, I like Melinda Clark. Um, She kind of almost has like a red-headed Olivia Wilde type look with her hair with the bangs and stuff. She turns my crank. I will just say that right away. Has she been in any movies? What the hell's that? She's bashing somebody's hand. Is that for you? Oh, go to... Wait a minute. <laughs> Ow! Ow! I can have the finest surgeons in Division Medical fix that for you. Oh, go to hell. I know how important it is to your work. Just give me a location. Oh, she was in Spawn. You might as well ask me where Carmen San Diego is, bitch, because I'm not giving up Nikki. Okay, this must be Nikita. Which was uh, the series based on La Femme Nikita. What? And she's tor- yeah. she's torturing the fuck out of this guy. It's kind of hot. She has a little bit of a dominatrix kind of a action going on here. This cranial needle is designed to remove brain tumors. I'm told patients love it. 
Instead of taking a saw to your skull, the probe is simply inserted through the nose. Of course those patients were unconscious during the procedure. Ow. I'll be puncturing the cerebrospinal membrane to access your frontal lobe, where I'll administer this paralytic. Eee. Soon after, your most prized possession, your mind. She's going to stick this giant fucking needle up this dude's nostril into his brain. Uh, yeah, she's hot. I like her. And I just, I even just like, um, you know, like pictures of her. Because <laughs> I don't know if I've ever seen. Okay, that's what I was going to do. I was going to look and see uh, if she was in anything else that I've ever even. How the fuck do I even know who she is? Um, Spawn. Span. Actress. Been the sky. Swedish dicks. That I watched the first episode of that. That's got Stormar in it, and it was pretty good. I never followed up on it though. Um, Swedish dicks. Gotham. I watched some of Gotham. I watched a few, uh, the few you know the beginning episodes of Gotham, and I thought it was pretty good. Again, that's one. That's one. That's, it's not like Netflix or something. There was a bazillion. Uh, bazillion episodes of that. Entourage, Nikita, Codebreaker. That must, I wonder if that's like a, I, um, oh, that's a video game. Okay. Okay, daddy. Uh, was she in any movies? She was. I hope she was naked. You sure know how to arrange things. Firefly, I like that. I watched that with my fr- with me friends and we liked it. Star Trek Enterprise. I did not watch Star Trek Enterprise. That was wasn't that the one with Scott Bakula? Uh, oh, fucking fat neck. <laughs> Xena Warrior Princess. I liked Lucy Lawless, and I like this chick, Mulholland Falls. She played Cigarette Girl. So she's a she's a hot redhead. It's probably not real. I don't know if it's a real redhead, but I don't give a shit. You know what I'm saying? Days of her life, she played Faith Taylor, and that was back in 89 to 90. How old is this? Is she my age? Because I might be able to get her. Let's see. Melinda Clark. Let me look her up. If I can get her. Your lying eyes. Honey, you can't hide your lying eyes. She's a little bit younger than me, which is good. Well, okay, yeah, yeah, because um, she's fifty-four and I'm just a few, a few couple years older, so I could probably get her if I was rich, or if she was ever in my presence and she saw saw my uh, good looks and my charisma, or she listened to this show. So anyway, scavenger hunt. Let's go back to scavenger hunt. Man, she's hot. Christ Almighty, Rachel Bilson. I see her on a lot of. Uh, like these groups and stuff that post pictures of hot chicks. Oh, Cam Gigadet. Everybody knows that I like Cam Gigadet. Um, he was a prick in those movies where he played a jerk in like the karate kind of movies. But I liked him in that Navy SEAL movie that I always say was better than Zero Dark Forty. 30. <laughs> it, because it wasn't, it was just more or less a straight up kind of a, a action movie and not... Um, some fucking thing that looked like Donald Rumsfeld wrote it. Uh, okay, so scavenger hunt. To inherit a fortune, various uh, addressees of a will must compete in a wild scavenger hunt to collect selected items, but cannot be simply that cannot be simply bought. 
Okay, this is on uh, Kino Cult. Uh, like again, I said I started watching it last night. It was like eleven o'clock, and uh, you know I don't even know why I even start a movie uh, that late because I know I'm going to go to bed. This has Richard Benjamin, uh, who was all over everything in the in the seventies. James Coco was in a lot of stuff too. Ruth Gordon was in a lot of stuff. I remember she was in one of the Herbie the Love Bug movies that I liked when I was a little child. Scatman Crothers, Cloris Leachman, <coughs> Cleavon, <coughs> Cleavon Little, uh, who was really good, and Cloris Leachman, also Roddy McDowell. <coughs> Let me get a drink. <coughs> Tony Randall, Richard Mulligan, who was always really quirky. Dirk Benedict from the A-Team, Willie Ames, who I wonder, you know, last I saw him, he was on one of those shows where you know, like after fame, and he had become like a big alcoholic. So hopefully he'd gotten straightened out. Meatloaf. Vincent Price was the, um, the um, like, matriarch of the family. That, or, um, not matriarch, patriarch of the family that dies and uh, leaves his will for, you know, all these people to um, have to go and try and find all this shit. Uh, Richard Mazur and Patrick McCormick who was Big Enos Burnett, Burnett in Smokey the Bandit, but also Arnold Schwarzenegger is in this, which is, you know, that's one of the reasons I, uh, you know, uh, was kind of like, oh, shit, Arnold's in this, and it says, you know, like all-star cast, kind of quirky kind of thing. Uh, let's see here, Arnold. Let's see if there's any, is there any funny trivia about this? Because why Arnold's in it, but I don't think he was anybody at this time. Because like this and Stay Hungry and that uh, Hercules movie, this was probably maybe before Pumping Iron or right around there, but he hadn't hit it big. I think he hit it really big with Conan. Conan. Let's see, finally finally made in its DVD and Blu-ray debut January 10th, 2017, after only being available on VHS cassette by CBS Fox Video for three decades. Digital streaming on websites such as Amazon and Fox Movie Channel. Cleavon Little and the other servants pull up to... Rob- okay, I don't want to say any of that. Oh, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Okay, here's what I want to... Arnold Schwarzenegger, who plays Lars, the gym owner, who Tony Randall gets uh, the medicine ball f- uh, from midway through the film, uh, refused to take off his shirt uh, for his appearance in the film. He wanted to show off his musculature. Uh, physique <laughs> for his starring role in Gaunen, uh, the Barbarian, which was being prepped when this film was being made, according to director uh, Michael Schultz in the, his commentary. This might have a good commentary to listen to. Probably got a lot of uh, lots of stories with all these people. Uh, Vincent Price plays uh, game games inventor Milton Parker. Who are uh, the combination uh, of the two uh, uh, Milton Bradley and Parker uh, brothers? Milton Bradley and Parker brothers, in the, when I was a child, made lots of toys and games and such and stuff. Okay, that's enough of that, man. That fucking wear you out. Woo, daddy. Get out of here. I don't want to read too much because I got to go and I only watched like maybe the first 15 minutes of that. Looked pretty good, though. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I almost clicked out of all my shit. I watched uh, from 19, it's either 83 or 84, Angel. Um, I remember seeing this a long, long time ago, but it's been so long that I don't remember very much about it. 
It is also on Kino Cult, as is Avenging Angel, which was one of the, which I think was the sequel to this. And then I think there were some other ones, but I don't know if they had um, the the chick that played Angel in it. Uh, The first person I recognized in this was Susan Tyrell, and she was really good. Rory uh, Calhoun is in this. Um, And um, he was an old star back in the day. And, um, you know, he kind of plays that kind of a character in the movie. Uh, let's see. Cliff Gorman. Uh, I've seen him in some other stuff. Uh, Donna Wilkes is uh, Angel. Um, I thought she, her little body looks kind of like uh, maybe she was in high school. Because she's supposed to be like in high school uh, and underage. But she, uh, I think she makes like straight A's. But she's a hooker on the... Um, Hollywood Boulevard or whatever. Uh, John Deal is in this, and he's the the villain, and he has a very crazy villainish look, a pity a pitted kind of a face. Uh, what else was he? In? I, I I am picturing uh, him, and I am trying to think of what he was in, um, where he kind of a guy was beating his ass, and he was kind of like m- mentally ill or kind of crazy, and the guy was just beating on him, and he was like, <laughs> you know, <clears throat> look, it, it was weird. What was it? Let me see. I'll, as soon as I see it, I'll remember. Remember, 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 remember. He was in a ton of shit, I'll tell you that. Lots and lots and lots of TV. He played Joe DiMaggio in the Rat Pack TV movie. Oh, yes, and the great pretender. Pretending that fire down below. Wasn't that, was that Steven Seagal? That was a Bob Seger song. That was Steven Seagal, Chris Christopherson, and Marg Helgenberger. She's pretty hot. I always thought she was pretty hot back in the day. Uh, who else? Stephen Lang, of course. Harry Dean Stanton, Levon Helm, uh, who I love his music, and he was a good actor too. Uh, him and Chris Christopherson both for being in the music business. Business. Ah, uh, let's see. I don't want to watch that movie because I don't remember it being very good. I wonder if it would have been better if it wasn't Steven Seagal, like if it would have been Charles Bronson instead. Like uh, fucking hunting down people that killed his watermelons. Uh, he was in Con Air, and let me see, what the fuck was that movie where the guy was grabbing him and going to beat, going to fuck? He's going to like beat him up and fuck him. He played G. Gordon Liddy in the movie Nixon with uh, Anthony uh, Hopkins. Almost said Perkins. Um, Female Perversions. What's that? That looks like one of those movies that I've been watching lately. Tilda Swinton. What's this deal? 1996, an ambitious female attorney wallows in excess and meaningless sex with both male and female partners while dealing with her personal life problems, including helping her kleptomaniac sister. Well, I might, wait a minute. Let me bookmark that. Got to watch it. Uh, this is Tilda Swinton. Amy Madigan. Isn't she married to Ed Harris? Yes, I believe she is. Frances Fisher, who was a hottie back in the day, and I believe she bore a son to Clint Eastwood. 
Clancy Brown, John Deals, who we were talking about, Polina Porosikova, who I had her poster on my wall in college, and she was hot back then. She was married to Rick Okasik from The Cars and his own um, solo career. Uh, Marsha Cross is a hot, was a pretty hot redhead. I think she was on, was she on Melrose Place, I believe? Something like that. What the fuck was she on? God damn it. I'm verklempt. Desperate Housewives. That was when she was older, though. You look so good. Fantastic Johnny. Ali McBeal. Whatever happened to that chick? Uh, didn't uh, like her and Harrison Ford? I guess they're still together. Uh, let's see. Female perversions. I gotta watch that. Tilda Swinton. I don't. I never thought of Tilda Swinton as being somebody that would play like. Uh, not that it's beneath her or anything. Maybe it's a good movie because uh, Amy Madigan usually plays pretty good roles. Uh, speaking of roles, better loosen my belt. <laughs> Tommy Shaw, no such thing as a perfect love. Uh, she was on her. She was dating Tommy Shaw. Do they have this video on here? As the jig is up, the news is out. They finally found me. I think I don't. Well, no, maybe it is. Um, Sticks. Um, oh, he's got like two redheads in the back of a limo. Um, one of my friends went to see. I think it was Damn Yankees, which I would never go see even back then because Ted Nugent's a piece of shit. Um, but he was like, Tommy Shaw, I swear to God, I'm not gay or anything, but Tommy Shaw is as good looking as a, as a, as a girl. And I'm like, no, you're gay. Um, I'm sorry, Brian. You were probably a little bit gay. Um, that's my former roommate from freshman year of high school or uh, college. And we went to school together from like kindergarten all the way to freshman year of college. And he quit after one semester and left me with like having to pay the rent all by myself. Um, and he had a girlfriend. He was a freshman in college. And I think she was like 15 and her mom and dad didn't give a shit. And they fucking drove her up there and left her off at our apartment. And then when he moved out, um, he picked up, like, or he bagged up all this trash and stuff and left it there. And we were looking at, it and we found like all these dirty letters that they wrote between each other. And these letters, like she was saying that, I swear to God, this is not even made up that, um, she liked, I'm trying to think how we put it. Like, she liked when he stuck his wang up her ass, but not his fingers. And we laughed because we said that probably means that his penis was smaller than his fingers. And so, of course, because we were like ragging on him big time after he moved out and left me with a like a $500 a month fucking rent, um, which we were splitting. He got homesick and just, I was going to class one morning and I've, or I was coming home from class. I had an early morning class and I was coming home and here I see this fucker just driving with all this shit in his car. He drove by and I waved at him. He waved at me and I never saw him again. Oh, Jesus. What a fucker. But whatever, you know, 
when you're young, you, you know, being away from home and stuff, I guess probably hard. It wasn't hard on me. I never went back. And uh, let's see, Quantum Leap. I thought she was in some like big TV show that was made. Okay, yeah, Melrose. There it is. Okay, I thought it was Melrose. Okay, so anyway, I like that Josie Bissett that was on Melrose that had kind of the short blonde hair like uh, China Phillips in Wilson Phillips. I liked her too. They had the same kind of look. Tilda Swinton would be like making love to David Bowie, which, you know, nothing wrong with that, I guess, if that's your thing. Bowie. Blue Jean. I just met a girl named Blue Jean. Blue Jean. She got to camouflage face and blue eyes. Remember? Rory Calhoun. What else was he in? Was Angel like his last movie? Motel Hell. Pure country. That was like some country thing. With it was a uh, a forum to try and make George Strait into a country singer into a movie star, I think, or something like that. He was Rory Rory Calhoun was in Tales from the Crypt TV series in 1993. So maybe that was like one of the last things he was in. But let's see what else. What? How far back was um, Angel? Well, that was 80, 83. Avenging, he was in Avenging Angel, so he came back for that half Nelson TV series. I liked half Nelson the movie with Judd Nelson, that was a good movie, or not Judd Nelson. Um, what's the fucker's name? Ryan Gosling. How the hell did I get Judd Nelson out of that? Uh, Hell Comes to Frogtown. Uh, Rory Calhoun was in Hell Comes to Frogtown. What's Rory Calhoun's story? He was a good-looking guy. You know, he had that dashing kind of uh, 1950s, early 60s leading actor look. Rory Calhoun, born Francis Timothy McCow. Uh, Let's see. Starred in 80 films and 1,000 television episodes. Jesus H. Christ. Uh, tall and handsome, he benefited from a screen test uh, at 20th Century Fox arranged by for him by Sue Carroll, a Hollywood agent and wife of actor Alan Ladd. Do you know Alan Ladd was so short that they had to dig a hole for his leading actresses to stand in so they could kiss him? That's what Robert Blake said in Electric Glide in Blue. And I think that Robert Blake identified with Alan Ladd because he was really short too. Officer John Wintergreen, uh, who is said to have spotted Calhoun while he was riding a horse in in a Los Angeles park. He debuted on screen in Something for the Boys. Well, that was that. I wonder if that was that a remake that uh, Bette Midler was in, uh, Something for the Boys. Let's see. Oddly assorted, uh, Hart Cousins, uh, review singer Blossom, Con Man Harriet, because that was um, Bette Midler and uh, James Con, I think, was in that. So that must have been a remake or of, of this of this yeah. Who else was in that? Carmen Miranda. They always used to joke like uh, she would wear fruit on her head for some reason. Phil Silvers was always pretty funny back in the day. He was on a lot of TV. Perry Como, which I was singing a song by Perry Como in, in the last episode. Let me get a drink. I'm going to start coughing. <coughs> um, Rory. You look so good. Fantastic man. Uh, something for the boys with Carmen Miranda billed as Frank McGowan. Debuted 
David Osolnik changed his name to Rory Calhoun. I would like to have like a studio uh, change my name from Dr. Zom to something else. Uh, after playing small parts for a while, he graduated to starring in Westerns, including River of No Return. That was Marilyn Monroe and Robert Mitchum. Uh, best known pictures are How to Marry a Millionaire with Lauren Bacall, Monroe, and Betty Grable. They used to talk about how Betty Grables had the best legs in Hollywood and that they were insured for like a million dollars or something with Lloyd's of London, I think. Uh, with a song in my heart with Susan Hayward, who I thought was a real dish. She was another redhead that I was like, uh, really thought was uh, very pretty. And she was in one of my favorite um, movies with Clark Gable, Soldier of Fortune, uh, which I have also mentioned on the show and uh, recommended you guys watch. From 59 to 60, he starred in the television series The Texan. Uh, let's see. His final appearance, 70 years old, but handsome as ever was as Ernest Tucker in Pure Country. Um, he, in in Angel and um, the other Angel movie, he is a, um, like, a, he's one of these guys that's on the uh, boulevard, like I said, like uh, Hollywood Boulevard or wherever the fuck it is. Uh, and, because um, I think it's in California, not New York. Um, and, you know, they dress up like superheroes and all that stuff and get, uh, people give money for autographs and get their pictures taken. And he says he's Kit Carson and he uh, was a good friend of Tom Mix. And all the young people are like, who's Tom Mix? <clears throat> but he wears like a big uh, Wyatt Earp-like mustache that's like gray and uh, gray hair and a cowboy outfit the whole time. Henry Wilson, an agent known for a stable of young, attractive, marginally talented actors with Unusual uh, names like Rock Cutson and Tab Hunter signed Rory uh, to a contract and initially christened him Troy Donahue, then changed it to Rory Calhoun. He used the Troy Donahue name later on another up-and-coming actor with excellent results. As for you, Troy Donahue, I know what you want to do. Uh, high, uh, let's see, his young criminal career was rather extensive. A high school dropout, he stole a revolver at age 13, which landed him in California Youth Authority's Preston School of Industry Reformatory. Uh, he escaped while in the adjustment center, jail within a jail, after robbing several jewelry stores. He stole a car, drove it across state lines. This offense sent him to federal penitentiary in Springfield, Mo, uh, Missouri, for three years. When he finished his sentence, he was incarcerated in San Quentin Penitentiary in California on other charges and remained there until he was paroled just before his 21st birthday. Jesus H. Christ. Uh, let's see. Riding a horse, he got discovered. But anyway, those angel movies are pretty entertaining. They're not as sleazy as you would think. And um, Angel was not... I mean, okay, she's supposed to be underage, so maybe that had something to do with how they handled handled it, but I don't remember in any of the scenes where like any of the Johns she hooks up with, she either, you know, they're either a cop undercover cop or a weirdo scumbag that she tells to fuck off or something happens that keeps her from getting hooked. Uh, battle for the lost planet. Um, this is also on Kino cult 
and I really enjoyed this one. It's a low-budget uh, sci-fi movie from the 70s. I think it's 70s. Uh, and it has some really um, good... <laughs> 86. Um, unknown people in it, but this dude in it... Um, okay, Matt Mittler is the uh, main character, the main dude, and uh, but there's a scene in it where he's naked and he's and uh, then he has to climb a tree because this uh, like um, stop uh, stop animation claymation uh, monster is chasing him and this chick Denise Coward and um, they're both naked and um, he's climbing up a tree and I'm pretty sure I mean well I'm not pretty sure I saw his big old dong hanging down which was pretty interesting this Joe. Gentisi, Mad Dog Kelly, looks exactly like Sylvester Stallone when he was in Nighthawks. And I always wondered if, I kept thinking, God, is that fucking like Frank Stallone or something? Because it sure is shit. But that's the only thing that, I, it looks like that's the only thing he was in. But he had the beard and the long, like, black beard and uh, long black hair like Stallone had in Nighthawks. The beard is exactly cut the exact same way, and he even kind of looks and sounds like Stallone. You can tell it's not Stallone, but still, if you watch this, you it's like, Jesus Christ, that guy is fucking, uh, must have been like Sylvester Stallone's um, stand-in or whatever, stunt double. After hijacking a space shuttle, uh, a spy finds that uh, the controls are malfunctioning and sees alien battleships approaching Earth. Many years later, when the arc of the flight uh, path returns to Earth, he finds the planet under alien domination. Okay, so he's up there in that space shift and a space shift spaceship, and he sees this this aliens you know ship and stuff come and they conquer Earth, but his ship is like set uh, adrift in space, and he thinks he's going to die because he's the only one on the ship. And but there's an AI on the ship that tells him the ship is big enough to support life. Uh, they said he they said the ship was on a trajectory that it will come back around to Earth, but it's going to take like five years. And he was like, "Well, I'll die by then." And they said, "Well, you know, the ship usually had it, it had enough uh, supplies and and life support to last um, that amount of time for just one person." But so he has to try and keep from going nuts uh, while he's on the ship. And it's, it's like I said, it's real low budget. It's pretty cheesy. And the special effects and everything are, but it's good. It's entertaining. Uh, it was directed and written by Brett Piper. What else did he do? I'm going to look him up. And you get to see that guy's dick when he's climbing a tree. Let's see. Dure, he does, uh, Brett Piper does special effects. Uh, and I thought, I was going to say, it's like Ray Bradbury or something. Uh, when I saw the special effects, um, let's see, what did he, why did I, oh, okay, I clicked on director. A lot of monster movies, uh, Sharkenstein, 2016, okay, this is new stuff, uh, Real Monsters, The Shark Encounters of the Third Kind, Zilla Foot, I guess that's a cross between Godzilla and Bigfoot, Like an Animator, Like an Animator, so would that be like a werewolf and the reanimator? Sharkenstein, Nightmare, Empire of the Apes, uh, She-Rex, Snow Shark, Ancient Snow Beast. Well, then you got the Snow Beast. 
Kinky Kong. That might be funny. Kinky Kong. Monster Movie. Bikini Girls on Dinosaur Planet. These all sound good to me. Gorilla Warfare, Battle of the Apes. Uh, Arachnia. What else? I got to find some more of these titles because they're pretty funny. Night Thirst, Trapped, Buried Alive, Hellgate, The House That Screamed 2. Hellgate, The House That Screamed 2. Blood Red Planet, and I bet you that movie is probably better than the one with Val Kilmer and what's-his-face that just died here not that long ago. Tom Sizemore, which I haven't seen, but I heard it was horrible. Uh, Terror House, They Bite, Raiders of the Living Dead. <laughs> and Mysterious Planet. So all those sound good, and I bet you all of them are on Kino Cult. <laughs> Maybe. Brett Piper. Uh, you guys might know of him, though, because you guys follow a lot of like uh, uh, cult movies more than I do. I'm, you know, I just kind of pick him up as I go along. This Matt Mittler. I want to see what else he did with his big dick hanging out. Uh, sorry. Freak. He was in Freak. I'm getting tired. That's what my that was what that was all about. Um, about an hour in. I'm just getting tired. I'm fatigued. Uh, I gotta work out too. We'll see. New York Ninja. Okay, well, I mean, he was working up till 2021, New York Ninja. He played Freddie Cufflink's voice. He was a voice actor in that. Legacy of Lies. Is he in any Pokemon? Uh, TV series. Let's see. Fight Cooking, Legend of Bistro Recipe. <clears throat> Doesn't look like he's in anything. That's Manic Agogo. I saw the movie Party Doll Agogo with uh, Tiana and um, oh uh, Gina Fine and some other porno chicks. That was a dirty movie. It was a porno, straight up porno movie, but it was kind of done in a. Uh, oh, god damn! Oh, shit. Well, maybe I should quit before while I'm while I'm ahead here. Let's let's press on for a little bit and see what's going on here. I'm just kind of getting uncomfortable and feeling tired. Uh, I watched The Horseman, which is a very violent, violent movie. Uh, let me look that one up real quick. I've seen this one before. And uh, Peter Marshall, not from Hollywood Squares, who is from Huntington, West Virginia. But uh, this is another Peter Marshall. Uh, Caroline Morhasi. This kind of reminded me of um, The Limey a little bit. It's it's way more violent uh, than The Limey, but it kind of has like the same, uh, the father who's, or um, uh, like hardcore kind of too. Uh, father's uh, revenge, uh, he's driving himself mad over, um, you know, his daughter uh, getting becoming a sex worker or getting involved in the pornography underbelly of the pornography business, and then he goes on a rampage. When Christian finds out his runaway teenage daughter Jessie has been sexually attacked, the suburban father loses it. Setting out to find Jessie's attacker, Christian goes on a violent rampage. I thought this was pretty good. Um, again, the second time I've seen it, it was it was worth a second watch. I haven't seen it in a while. Um, not too much else to say about it other than it's uh, got a lot of really violent stuff. I like that they um, kind of, um, it's very bleak. 
And I like that they uh, tempered, I, I don't know if I would say tempered, but balanced out a lot of the, of the uh, violent uh, revenge stuff with him. Uh, he picked up, he picks up this young girl who's a hitchhiker and, um, you know, and their relationship and how they, you know, come to, you know, get to know each other and everything. I like that. That was pretty good. She was good. Uh, that would be Caroline Morhasi, I believe. So anyway, let's go past that one there. That one's definitely rated R for sure. Uh, I watched the Andromeda Strain with, um, which is an old favorite of mine, old science fiction book, and by Michael Crichton uh, from nineteen seventy one. It has Arthur Hill and um, uh, David Wayne and James Olson, and also what's her face, Kate. Kate Reed, she was really good in this. She uh, has a lot of, uh, uh, you know, the other one. Well, I, I think they all had uh, in their way uh, good uh, uh, developed personalities uh, for each one of them. But Kate Reed is definitely the, uh, the one that stands out because she is a firecracker. Um, I've worked with people like her and it's just like, Jesus Christ, you know, oh, that that's one of those ones. It's like, well, ah, that's just the way she is. Just overlook her is, oh, I thought that was Sam from the, from the, um, part or not Partridge family, Brady Bunch, but it's not Peter Hobbs. Got a lot of faces in here that you you'll recognize. And it's definitely worth a watch. It's a, like I said, a science fiction movie, but it's, um, Francis Reed. Was she on days of our lives? Was that, uh. What's her face? McDonald carries, uh, yes, Alice Horton. Yeah. Okay. I didn't even realize that was her because she was probably well, in 1971. I just probably overlooked. She wasn't like one of the main characters. Um, but this is like kind of like a, you could see this happening. Uh, uh, and I think back then with uh, us going into space a lot, um, uh, with the moon landings and things like that, that, uh, you know, this kind of thing was, it's more like a, uh, sort of like a Arthur C. Clarke kind of a thing where, um, science fact with, uh, science fiction, um, not like a lot of lasers and fighting or anything. It's more, uh, like, um, lab stuff and, um, scientists and things like that, but it's really good. The book is really good too. I liked it a lot. Um, they made a mini series out of this, which I could not wait for it to come out. Cause I was like, Oh cool. This is going to be good because they'll be able to do, you know, more in depth thing if it's a mini series. And, uh, I just, it fell flat for me. Um, I didn't really care for it that much. It had Rick Schroeder in it. And, um, I don't know. I just, I, it's one of those ones that I think they tried to add. It's like when law and order was on first on for a long time, it was just police procedural, and that was it. And it was really a huge hit. But then when the when the uh, ratings maybe started falling off just a little bit or it started feeling old, they started adding like um, oh, just family stuff and shit like that that you know really just was like added in that you didn't give a shit about. And I think that the miniseries might have been a little bit, they might have had a little bit too much time. I don't know. Um, but I have it on DVD somewhere. I just don't really fucking, I'd rather watch this over and over again. Uh, the Animal Factory, um, Steve Buscemi directed this, starring uh, 
Willem Dafoe and Edward Furlong. I think we talked. I think we reviewed this on the show, and uh, I will uh, post um, the link to it um, after I get off here, uh, so you can listen to a, a full length uh, review of this. Uh, it was written by Edward Bunker, who was was he Mister Blue? Or Mr. Brown, or no, he wasn't Mr. Brown, because Mr. Brown sounds a little bit too much like Mr. Shit. Uh, that was Quentin Tarantino. So Mr. Blue must have been Edward Bunker, who was um, in prison in real life with Danny Trejo, and he was in Reservoir Dogs and been in some other stuff and wrote books. Uh, this is a very good prison movie. I think it's very realistic. Mickey Rourke is also in this because I've been watching some Mickey Rourke movies. Uh, who else is in this? Treo, uh, Edward Furlong, Mark Boone Jr., who is in uh, was in Sons of Anarchy. Seymour Cassell, who I really like, is in this. Um, John Hurd plays uh, Edward Furlong's dad. Mickey Rourke in drag. Uh, Jake Labotz is in this, and he must be like some kind of a singer or something. Because he plays guitar in this, I believe. Let's see, what's his deal? Okay. Uh, Singer-songwriter Jake Labotz plays roots-drenched music uh, that reflects his time performing in the streets, bars, churches, and even tattoo parlors. You can also hear the various places Labotz has lived in his music, including his time in New Orleans, uh, New Orleans, uh, the Mississippi Delta, and uh, his native Chicago, where the young man... He found kinship with some of uh, the last of pre-war era blues men, uh, Honey Boy Edwards. So I was going to say, I, I thought he he has a, a really good look. And um, again, he plays the guitar in this. What's this uh, movie? This Oh, he was in um, um, that Rambo movie where they go to... Uh, the not the newest one, Rambo Last Blood, the one before that. Uh or just Rambo, I think it was just called 2008. He was in that. Um, because I see a picture of him on uh, one of those skiffs that's going up and down the river in Burma. Where are you going? Burma. Sylvester Stallone. What a fucking douchehead. <sighs> I don't know why I just don't he really has just kind of meh. Oh, and this guy was also in True Detective with um, Woody Harrelson and Matthew McConaughey. Mm, Abraham Lincoln, Vampire Hunter. He's been in a lot of stuff. He, he, like I said, he has a lot of charisma. I, th- I thought he was pretty good in, the, in this, and he doesn't have a big role in it, but he, he stands out. Uh, let's see, who else? I don't think there's anybody else in here that I really want to talk about because my back's starting to hurt. Michael Buscemi. Steve Buscemi's brother, uh, Edward Bunker, is also in that. Oh, man, I might have to quit. I <clears throat> uh, watched Misbehavior. Hang on, I want to talk about this one. <laughs> Let's see. What the, okay, here it is. Uh, <laughs> this one was one I found on Tubi when I look at for like some of the sleazy stuff that I watch. 
an overprotected uh, private college student comes of age as she comes to terms with the notion of punishment in all areas of her life. She discovers that all the people close to her have their own deviated agendas. Um, this is really bad. The chick in it, this um, Sin, Sindal Chartrand is really good looking. And I was thinking, was she in like some kind of a porno movie or something? I don't think she was. Then there's another woman in this who I thought was, what was the porno chick's name? She was really hot back in the day when she was young. And then she became like a MILF. And her last name was, oh, uh, Simony Diamond. She was like when she first started out, it was when like all those Eastern European girls were coming to the United States. And, um, well, even probably before they came to the United States, they were making like when the Berlin Wall fell and all this shit, uh, they started making like, uh, porno movies over there and you would see these girls that were like I mean it was like why is this girl in like a fucking porno movie uh there was a lot of them at that time um because they were so they were really super good looking well built they could have been like Cindy Crawford or something like that as good looking as that and um but that's why I mean you know they they were just you know got into sex work uh because they didn't have any money and they were trying to get out of that you know, squalor over there, I guess, and probably being used and abused over there. You always see in these movies like, um, oh, I'm trying to think what the one was with Daniel Craig. Uh, and I read the book, and it was about a lot of stuff about Joseph Stalin and that shit. I can't remember now. It was a miniseries. But, you know, he goes to a bar over there in Russia, and, you know, he says, like, all the the hookers in the bar look like supermodels would be in the United States, and that's kind of how... You know, that's one of the reasons. I mean, it was just people were just poor and they were doing whatever they could to, but it's not the same chick. But when I, it looked like that chick, now that she's older, it, oh, that's not her. I'm trying to look her up because hell, maybe it is her. I don't know. <laughs> no, okay, there she is now. I don't think it is, but um, Alexandra Woodward. And what else was she in? She's probably in a fucking bunch of porno movies. Um, well, she was only in 12 real movies. The first to go, pool table girl, glam, restaurant patron. See, she wasn't anything like in anything here. I wonder. I was going to look up and see if she was like uh, her nom de guerre from from her uh, life in uh, adult films, but I don't think so. This movie sucks. It's really bad. It's fucking horrible. It's not worth watching. It is a Monday masochist, cinemasochist type movie. Um and it's just bad. It it has a lot of um, BDSM stuff in it, but you know, and with this this chick that plays like the lead girl, you would think, okay, you know, she's hot, she's good looking, and everything. And uh, it takes place in like a private school and all this shit. But it's just bad. It's just not the acting is is really bad and amateurish. Uh, and there's a couple of people in it that I mean. Their acting is so bad, you're like, Jesus fucking Christ, who made this shit? Uh, it's bad. But it's an hour and 35 minutes long. I don't know if you'd want to watch it or not. Um, it's not good. Bad is what I'm trying to say. And the the box cover art I posted on um, 
Silver and Gold, and you would think, okay, this is one of those movies that's going to be like really titillating and uh, you know a lot of uh, erotica and everything. It's it's just bad. Uh, let's see, I watched um, The Spy Within. Let's see, this is one that I had never heard of with Scott Glenn and Teresa Russell, which surprised me. Um, Teresa Russell back in the day, like in the early 80s, um, she was in a lot of stuff and she was, uh, uh, I think, very sought after because she was in a lot of movies and did a good job. She's a good actress and she also will show a lot of nudity and do sex scenes. Scott Glenn looks as craggy as ever. I think he looked like a craggy old man even when he was probably like 16. Uh, this was directed by Steve Railsback, who played Charles Manson in on the TV um, uh, miniseries Helter Skelter. Uh, and he was also in Life Force and Barbed Wire, uh, The Stuntman, which was a really good movie. Um, he played Ed Gein in the movie Ed Gein from 2000. Uh, what was the one with Roger Ward? Um, where the... Uh, Roger Ward is chase. He's the uh, warden chasing him through the jungles and shit. I'm, I'm drawing a blank. Uh, turkey, turkey shoot. Yeah, I didn't even find it yet, but it's turkey shoot. Uh, so Steve Rail's back. It was in a lot of stuff. Some good, some bad. Um, I thought it said Buck Owens, but it wasn't. Okay, so let's say anyway. This is pretty good. Um, it's what you would expect. Well, 1995, but um, still, it's about what you would expect. Uh, it's worth a watch. Um, it only gets a 4.8 out of 10. Uh, I thought Scott Glenn's acting, I think because he was, uh, he's kind of like the everyman that gets uh, kind of swept up in something. And I think he kind of plays up that naivete uh, and even just the way he acts and everything, it's too much. And he kind of comes off like a douchebag. Uh, Teresa Russell is okay. Let's see. Let's the synopsis here. I was just going to tell you <laughs> a beautiful spy trades sex for secrets. This also has some S and M in it. Um, she is like a kind of sort of like a honey trap, um, for spies. Uh, where she gets these guys and like blackmails them or kills them or whatever, or steals secrets from them, but she's like a dominatrix. And um, let's see. Uh, trade sex for secrets. A reclusive explosives expert, that's Scott Glenn, is haunted by his tragic past. Uh, when these two meet, the sparks fly. And they do show uh, Scott Glenn is like getting in the shower in this one scene. And um, it's pretty, it's kind of a funny scene, but man, he had a saggy fucking old man ass and he was young. He was always real skinny though. I don't think he was like super old at the time, but and it wasn't like saggy. It was just that he's just really kind of like a skeleton with skin over it. Uh, let's see. But they have more in common uh, than just a mutual attraction to each other. A covert spy ring wants both of them dead. They devise a shocking plan, blah, blah, blah. Okay, that's a little uh, spoiler alerts there, so we're going to get out of that. Uh, but it's worth a watch. That one is also on Tubi. And one of the reasons I watched it was because I really, uh, I've said on the show, again, I say this all the time, I liked uh, Scott Glenn. Uh, Teresa Russell was really good in that um, straight, was it straight time with Dustin Hoffman? 
She was really good in that, and she was really young in that. Uh, really pretty. Let's see. She played Dustin Hoffman's uh, love interest in that movie. Is she still working? 2014 is the last thing she, she was in, Moving Mountains. Let's go back to Straight Time might have been the first thing she was in. Let me scroll down here, Daddy-O. No, The Last Tycoon. That was with Robert De Niro. And I have not seen that. I think there was a couple times where maybe I rented it or was going to watch it. And um, I just didn't get into it. I'm sure it's worth a watch. I think it's kind of a fictional uh, F. Scott Fitzgerald's novel is brought to life in the story of a movie producer slowly working himself to death. And this has a pretty good cast. Robert De Niro, Tony Curtis, Jean Moreau, Robert Mitchum, Jack Nicholson, Donald Pleasance, Dana Andrews, Ray Milland, uh, Peter Strauss, Teresa Russell, John Carradine, Angelica Houston, Seymour Casal, Jeff Corey. It's got a lot of people in it. And um, let's see here. It got 6.3 out of 10. I need to bookmark that and finally watch that motherfucker. Um, this was De Niro when he was, you know, um, up and coming. Uh, he's very skinny. Well, he's still skinny. He was even skinny when he was in some of the, uh, like, um, oh, uh, not Vegas. What the hell is that movie called? The movie where he was in Casino. Uh, Straight Time, Teresa Russell, Blind Ambition, Bad Timing, A Sexual, A Sensual Obsession. What the? Oh, that's the one with Art Garfunkel. That was pretty good. That's one you guys should watch. I uh, got a 6.9 out of 10. Um, this was when Simon and Garfunkel broke up and Art Garfunkel started making movies. He was in this and then he was in um, uh, Carnal Knowledge with Jack Nicholson, which is a really good movie. I love that. That movie takes me back to college days. Uh, this one, Bad Timing, Essential Obsession. Uh, a psychiatrist living in Vienna uh, enters a torrid relationship with a married woman. Uh, when she ends up in a hospital from an overdose, an inspector becomes set on discovering the demise of their affair. Uh, directed by Nicholas Roge. Uh, written by Yale Udoff. Who else was in this besides Teresa Russell and Art Garfunkel? Oh, Harvey Keitel. Young Harvey Keitel. Uh, let's see. Anybody else? But I remember watching this, and it was it was interesting. It was one of those ones that... Uh, it's definitely worth a watch. So check it out. Bad time from 1980. Bad timing, essential obsession. Harvey Keitel was very young in that. Uh, let's see what else we got here. Tenebrae. I don't think I want English version voice uncredited. I did not watch that. And Eureka was one that kind of, okay. Tenebrae. Dario Argento. Okay, I have not seen this. I'm gonna bookmark it. It's got John Saxon in it too. Who else is in this one? Anthony Franciosa. He was big in the early 70s. It was in a lot of stuff. Giuliano Gemma. I like him from all his uh, Italian movie stuff. Uh, let's see. What else? Uh, John Saxon. Da, da, da. You guys would know if this is worth watching. So I will bookmark it and uh, yeah, maybe I'll watch it. What's it about? An American writer in Rome is stalked and harassed by a serial killer who is murdering everyone associated with his work on his latest book. Yeah, I might watch that one. Uh, let's see. Eureka, I think. Is that Gene Hackman? And, yeah. Gene, this one was one that uh, I think it was like a big flop, even though it had a pretty good cast. 
that's one. I've already talked about this one. I, I saw it or, or I read you the synopsis on one of the other episodes. Uh, but it's got a nice cast, but it just did not do very well at the box office, I don't think. It's got Rutger Hauer in it, too. Gene Hackman. That's why nobody's ever heard of it. The Razor's Edge, that was one with Bill Murray, where he was trying to get out of comedy and make a serious movie. Uh, and it flopped. Uh, he had everything he wanted and nothing. Uh, he learned that he had nothing and wanted everything. He saved the world and then shattered it. The path to enlightenment is as sharp and narrow and is as sharp and narrow as a razor's edge. Fuck off. No wonder nobody wanted to watch it. No, but this is a remake, and I can't remember who was in the original. Um Bill Murray, uh Teresa Russell, uh James Keach, Stacy Keach's brother. Uh, let's see. Uh, Razor's okay, yeah. Tyrone Power. That's who I was thinking, but uh, I didn't want to say, and I could not bring his name to my brain. Uh, Tyrone Power, Gene Tierney, John Payne, Ian Baxter, Clifton Webb, and Herbert Marshall. I would say, and I have not seen the Bill Murray or the original, but I would say watch the original. It's probably really good. But again, this one, uh, I think it flopped. Well, it got a six point four out of ten. So maybe it's better than what, but it, it did shit at the box office, I, I believe. I think it was a big flop. Razor's Edge. Bill Murray made a deal with Columbia that he would appear in Ghostbusters 1984 only if they financed this movie. Uh, originally, no studio was interested in making the film until Dan Aykroyd suggested the deal to Murray. On the final day of shooting, Murray flew to New York to start Ghostbusters. If you feel in strange, oh, uh, there was a song on the Howard Stern show, and I almost started singing it, but it's very homophobic. Um, that was to the tune of Ghostbusters, so that's why I just stopped right there. Uh, let's see, they were making fun of one of the, Casey Armstrong, who was on the show, who they uh, constantly he was a big jock, like a college football player and everything, and a big preppy. Uh, and they made fun of him and constantly nagged him that he was gay because he confessed uh, that there were a lot, like he looked like a fucking bodybuilder. He was doing steroids and shit, and he ended up like completely falling apart and admitting after he got fired from the show that he had been on drugs the entire time, and um, and nobody knew it. He was a real bad alcoholic, and you know, like I said, he just looked like a million dollars. He had a great physique, muscular physique, uh, looked really preppy, was always really about his appearance and everything, but he was kind of crazy. And, um, they, I think before, right when they fired him, he wasn't coming to work. And Tom Chiasano, uh, from the, the, um, I think he was like the head of the radio station at that time that they were on, uh, went to his apartment to check on him, and he was in his apartment cutting his arms and squeezing the blood onto a Bible and all this stuff. So he kind of went nuts. But he always wondered how much of it was bullshit because Stern's show is really phony. Now, in retrospect, a lot of the stuff was phony. But they also exploited people like that that were kind of crazy. But in, in another way, they he was really fucked up and doing a lot of fucked up shit, and they tried to keep him on and tried to not uh, ditch him. 
but they ended up they had to because he became like a real big liability. So Razor's Edge, I'll, I'll read some more stuff about that later, about the uh, trivia on it. I watched uh, Kill Shot uh, with um, Mickey Rourke and Diane Lane and Thomas Jane. This is an uh, Elmore Leonard, uh, based on Elmore Leonard book. Um, I saw this a long time ago after I read the book. And I thought, you know, I had the book definitely in mind, which you kind of, in your brain, uh, create what the people are going to look like and sound like and everything like that. And so when I first watched this, it kind of fell short for me because I was like, I think, comparing it to the book. But it's pretty good. It's worth a watch. Um, And you could see, like, Charles Bronson or somebody like that playing the Thomas Jane character Mickey Rourke is really good in this, and so is, um, what's his face? That Robin from the Batman movie. Um, oh, uh, what the fuck's that douchebag's name? Uh, should be right up. He was like the man. Oh, good. Joseph Gordon-Levitt. He is a douchebag in this, a, a white trash scumbag douchebag. But, and he's annoying as fuck, but you have to remember, I mean, you know, okay, that's this character he's playing, and he is such a fuckhead, it just ugh, drives you crazy. Hal Holbrook is also in this, and Rosario Dawson. So again, this is this is worth a watch. Um, and uh, Diane Lane is like my age, so I could probably get her. Uh, beautiful Carmen Colson and her iron worker husband, Wayne, are placed in witness protection uh, program after witnessing an incident. Uh, thinking they are at last safe, they are targeted by an experienced hitman and a psychotic young upstart killer. Okay, so let's leave it at that. If you want to watch that one, it is on Tubi. Dig it. Did we see a pattern here with the Tubi? <laughs> I'm, I'm just fucking devout. I posted a um, a uh, full HD 1080 um, uh, version of Faster Pussycat Kill Kill. Uh, from 1965, uh, it's on YouTube. So if you want to, if you haven't watched that one, I keep telling my, uh, older sister to watch this. I think she would like it. It's such a hoot, uh, as far as a thing of the times, you know, back then and, uh, and, um, all the crazy stuff in it. Let's see. That might be, okay. I watched, um, where, uh, where'd you go? Bernadette. Uh, this is a link later, uh, movie starring Kate Blanche. Uh, Blanchett and Billy Crudup. Now, this is pretty good. Uh, when I it, it was, I think it only had like one or two more days on Tubi before it was leaving. So I thought, you know, I like Kate Blanchett a lot, and usually she picks really good movies. Uh, Linklater, I liked some of his stuff, but that one um, was it. Ain't talking about love. The one that uh, the title was based on the Van Halen song. Loaf really liked that one. He loves Linklater. I did not like that movie at all. I liked uh, Dazed and Confused. I love Dazed and Confused. Uh, But that one, I just did not like. Um, This one, it started out, I was kind of like, I don't know if I like this one or not. It's uh, based on a true story. uh, And um, it was pretty good. Once it got going, I liked it. Uh, Let's see, what else? And here's stuff that I talked about on the last episode. Who posted? Oh, that's Terry posted this. Uh, this is one of his videos on Terry Talks Movies, the Terranauts. 
Uh, truly bad science fiction movie written by Hugo, award-winning author. So that's when you want to check out. Like I said, his videos on YouTube are really good. They're not like overly long or anything, but you will find a lot of... He'll introduce you to a lot of movies. Uh, introduce me to a lot of movies that I've never even fucking heard of. And uh, they're not just reviews of movies, but I like when he um, picks a certain genre or a certain um, subject and kind of, uh, you know, talks about it. So I like that. Uh, Haunting in Venice. I need to see the last uh, Hercule Poirot movie by Kenneth uh, Branagh. I saw the first one. Uh, and uh, was it? Uh, oh, uh, I saw Murder on the Orient Express. Was it? Let's see. I missed the other one. I guess I'm gonna. I'm waiting for it. Like I said, because I'm so cheap, I'm waiting for it to come on Tubi. Also, uh, <laughs> which may be alone. Death on the Nile. Uh, I have not seen that one, and I haven't heard too much. But I think maybe El Goro might have said it was. It was good. I don't remember. I want to watch Tenant again. I have not seen that. I saw it one time and I, I liked it. It was it was kind of one of those ones that you kind of have to put together in your brain and remember the uh the um rules of the of the uh, situation while you're watching it. Um but maybe it wouldn't be as good the second time because there's a reveal in it that's really important that I was like, "Oh shit, you know." Uh, but uh Haunting in Venice uh, the Hercule Poirot uh, TV series, I think maybe it was on A&E. I need to go and watch some of those. I think I started watching like a couple of them, and they're really good. They're kind of like the uh, Sherlock Holmes series that I was really into there for a while um, on that level. Okay, I remember talking about Wormwood Apocalypse. Oh, no, no, no. Maybe, did I? Wormwood Apocalypse is... A uh, fucking hoot! Uh, you ought to watch it. It's it's if you like the first one was definitely a fucking hoot, and this one is too. It's really good. It's fun to watch, and it's not overly long, and it's just fun. Um, and I cannot remember if I talked about. Okay, I think maybe I did, but I'm just gonna say I watched nine and another nine and a half weeks with Mickey Rourke. And uh, this is when he first started looking weird after either getting bad plastic surgery. He said it was from boxing and uh, getting his face smashed or whatever. But I think he also just became addicted to plastic surgery and he uses that as an excuse. Maybe it was at first, but then he's one of these guys that's kind of vain. And you saw there was um, like um, Robert Evans and uh, some of these other old actor, the one that was in, uh, oh, what the fuck was this? He had the, the French singer that had the song, Gabriella, uh, Johnny Halliday. Uh, he is another one that if you look at his face, had the, it looks almost exactly like Mickey Rourke now uh, with the plastic surgery. These guys started getting their lips done and then getting their cheeks, you know, and, and they look like a, Rob Lowe in that fucking uh, Liberace uh, Beyond the Candelabra Liberace movie with Matt Damon and uh, Michael Douglas. You know, they get addicted to that plastic surgery. And I just watched a or listened to a um, a uh, podcast, The Illuminati, 
that I listen to is this woman that does a pretty good podcast about like cults and uh, multi-level marketing, uh, pyramid scheme things and stuff like that that she talks about. And um, she was talking about this uh, plastic surgery obsession and how people would go to like Turkey and these places to get plastic surgery because it was cheaper and uh, they would end up dying. And about the Brazilian butt lift, you know, when Kim Kardashian shows up with this huge ass that defies gravity, uh, that's just perfectly round. And everybody's like, oh, no, no, they said it's natural, it's natural, whatever. And it's like bullshit. And then you start seeing all these um, fitness models and stuff from South America that have the exact same, you know, um, impossibly bubble butt that's just huge, but it's just perfectly round. Like they're smuggling two beach balls in their, in their fucking, uh, you know, underwear or whatever. Uh, they call that the Brazilian butt lift. And uh, these people that are going and getting um, uh, fat and silicone and stuff, this one bodybuilder, Rich Piana, who was really super open about all these mega doses of uh, drugs that he was doing all the time on YouTube. There's a lot of them now. These people have just come out of the closet about these um, uh, performance-enhancing drugs and, and all these injections that they get from. And he had these giant arms, but... Um, they said that uh, a guy came out and said that, you know, he was having his arms uh, filler put in them. Uh, it was like silicone or I think, I think his was silicone, uh, but they'll put, they'll just like move fat uh, from your body and around and everything. And um, uh, all this stuff that's just like plastic surgery, except they're doing it for men. I've heard about like Buff Bagwell, the wrestler went and got calf implants in his legs and they got infected and everything got really bad because he had small calves and he was like, Oh, but I have big calves heard about guys getting like a, they always wondered if Schwarzenegger had those that like almost like he had baseballs under his biceps because they just would stand up with that peak perfectly round that wondered if he got some kind of uh, implants in there, but who, I don't know. Uh, but these other guys are just like open about it and Pete Rich Piana died. So, I mean, you know, also a lot of the guys that are on there that are talking about, you know, doing all these drugs and what cycles they do and they're so into it and studying all the science and all the shit. Well, you're not a scientist and you're not a doctor and, but they're, they experiment on themselves and they talk about it, how they experiment on themselves. This one guy, um, Leo and longevity had a podcast and he would be on there talking about and have these guys on there all the time. And they would talk about all the drugs that they did and all this and that and implants and injections and, and just crazy, you know, steroid cycles and all uh, insulin and all the shit they were doing. And they found him. He was one of these ones. He got divorced. He was into this alpha male shit with like, and that Andrew Tate preaches. And, um, I think he, his, his, he was born in America, but he, his family was from like Iran. And so they kind of had that, uh, patriarchal, uh, kind of macho thing that he was brought up in like a uh, family lifestyle or whatever. And then they start talking about the pussification of America and all this shit. And, uh, they get like that, like I said, that Andrew Tate stuff. Well, these guys, he got divorced and, uh, he had mental problems anyway. He talked about it and he had, was an alcoholic at one time. He just would, he was like, I think obsessive compulsive because he would just read and read and read all these studies about steroids and all this stuff. And, but again, these guys were like experimenting on each other and experimenting on themselves with these different injections and what it caused and 
and how it made you feel emotionally and read. And this guy would just read and read and read about this stuff. So he could speak intelligently about it. But again, he would even say, I'm not a scientist. I'm not a doctor, but he, I think his degree was, is like, uh, was in, um, like statistics and things like that. So he would just read all these different studies and read the uh, statistics of of the studies, and that's how he would form his opinions and everything. But they found him dead in Thailand. Is what I was going to say. These guys, when I was talking about these um, documentaries and stuff that I had been watching about, like the Lady Boys and the sex trade over there and stuff, a lot of that had to do with this Leo and longevity. And then there's a guy, vigorous Steve. And who lives over there? And but he's married, and uh, he seems even though he's a bodybuilder, he seems to have a fairly decent head on his shoulder. Where Leo, uh, they the guy that he was staying with, uh, what the heck's his name? Um, Tony Huge. I think his name's Tony Hughes, but they call him Tony Huge. He had his own channel, and they get, he got kicked off of like YouTube when Leo was found dead in his house in Thailand. They all move over to Thailand because you can get all the, you know, the drugs and stuff over there and do, they doing all these experiments and stuff. Plus it's, it's real cheap to live over there. And, uh, uh, like, uh, vigorous Steve or whatever his name is, was even talking about, you know, finding a, uh, uh, wife over there or how the things you have to do to be able to stay over there and, you know, the different visas and like one of them, you, if you just left and went to, you're in Thailand, if you just left and went over the border for like, uh, 24 hours and came back, then you were okay. And all this stuff, uh, and how to, you know, just sell all your shit over here, because if you're going to move over there, then your stuff's just going to be sitting, you're gonna have to pay for it. Uh, even a car and everything over here, you're going to have to pay for the stuff that you leave behind and everything. But anyway, they found this Leo dead and, uh, that, um, uh, Tony huge. He is, was like the, he's like the opposite of Leo. He, he kind of reminded me more of like, uh, the Liberace character and Leo was more volatile and would admit that he had like, you know, these uh, rages and everything. And I think that's why he was getting into it with his wife and she finally kicked him to the curb. Um, but they found him like dead and he was all, he had a t-shirt on, no pants, no underwear, naked from the waist down in the bathroom. Uh, he went over there to live with this guy who was like his friend or whatever. And they were going to do all these studies and do, and uh, they monetize their videos on YouTube and make a bunch of money. And um, uh, it's just kind of a thing, you, you know, that he, when you're watching it, you start, these guys are personalities and everything, and you get to know different ones and, and all that stuff. But um, so they found him dead. He had his own room and everything. And he, they, he, this is another Andrew Tate thing about the uh, alpha male thing and everything. They, they wanted to have a harem. And have, but like I was talking about in other episodes about uh, guys, these tourists and uh, Europeans or Americans or whatever going over there and exploiting these poor girls and poor people over there, whether they're uh, transgender or or women. Because Tony Huge, he said he's even admitted that he is he experiments with like late what they call lady boys, and he also has like a three or four young girls that live with him and the you know, baby mama one baby mama two and all this shit. And Leo wanted to build, have his, have a harem and all this. 
Well, they said that um, he was having sex with this prostitute, and apparently they heard her screaming. See, the story has changed and changed and changed. Uh, first, they said, oh, well, you know, he was found in the bathroom with no naked from the waist down. And there was, I saw, the, I still have the pictures. I saved them because uh, I think they pulled him off the internet because the Thai police were doing an investigation and everything. And uh, he was all bloody. Like, I mean, his, they were laying in like a pool of blood. His head was all battered and everything. And at uh, first, they said, well, he was in the bathroom. And I think the, they said, like, the, doorknob broke off and he couldn't get out, but the bathroom door opens in and his body was pressed up against the door. So nobody could have been in there to kill him. And that maybe he had a manic episode and like just somehow beat himself up or something. You know, he was that bloody because you couldn't open the door because his body was in the way. And so how was there anybody in there and uh, but then now somebody's saying, well, and then he was taking all these drugs and shit. So maybe he had like some kind of psychotic break because they talk about this ib ibogaine, ibogaine, uh, which is like some kind of a psychedelic that they're using to treat heroin addiction. And but also, I mean, but there was lots. Of, like I said, he said that he had been an alcoholic, so he didn't drink or do drugs or anything, but after have, you know, his wife kicking him out and everything and all this major changes, maybe, you know, who knows what happened, but the police over there said it was murder. So they're trying to figure it out. And then they said something about somebody heard him. The girl was, he picked up, he got, uh, Tony huge, got him a hooker and that he was screwing the hooker and the hooker started screaming because he was being too rough or something and he said that he choked her uh, to get her to shut up. And they're wondering if like her pimp or something didn't come back and or her brother or something came back and fucking brought some of his friends. If you watch that movie with Ben Gazzara is what it reminded me of. Um, let me look it up real quick. Uh, ben, where he was the pimp in like uh, Thailand. Um something Jack, wasn't it? The fuck was that movie called? It was good. Um, but that's the whole situation. It kind of reminds me of that where he, uh, uh, Ben Gazzara ran that whorehouse in Thailand and all the expatriates, expats from uh, England and the United States plus the Vietnam soldiers on R&R were coming there. Um, that was probably made in the 80, late Inchon, what was that movie called? It was very good. I want to watch that one again, too. Oh, shit. Now I'll never find it. Well, let me just look up the what it was about. You Saint Jack, yeah, Saint Jack is really good. So when I was like I said, oh, let me check my time here. I might be getting about time to quit. Okay, about four more minutes. Um, but Saint Jack uh, has a lot to do and reminds me a lot of the stuff I'm talking about with this Tony Huge, uh, Furious, 
uh, Steve and Leo and Longevity. And then there's a, there's a couple other guys that uh, aren't living in Thailand that are just the United States. The one guy is, I can't remember what his name is, but he's really good. And he's the one that exposed the liver king. Uh, that the liver king was full of shit and he claimed that he was natural and all he did was eat raw meat and raw like um, uh, organs from animals and all this shit. And uh, it was all bullshit because he was uh, getting together or he sent this guy a letter saying that he wanted to promote like this, his brand online. And he wanted this guy to give him different cycles of drugs to take that would get him to have a certain look. And that guy exposed him, which the guy's pretty good. You know, he seems like a pretty good guy. But I mean, they're all, you know, they're all doing these PEDs and drugs and stuff. Some of them are very open, and but they're crazy, like Rich Piana and some of these other guys, because they do so much. And they know it's, there was another guy on there uh, who was a young guy. And he was just experimenting willy-nilly with all these steroids. And he would just talk about it and laugh about all the shit. And these guys were like, you're crazy. I mean, even these other guys are like, oh my God, I can't believe you're doing this much of this and that. And he would just laugh like he didn't care and everything. Well, guess what? He's fucking dead. And he had just had like a kid. Um, um, so anyway, uh, let me get off here because like I said, yeah, I got to jabber, jibber, jabber, and I was ready to quit. And I jibber jabbered almost to the end. So I'm going to get off here, I think. And it fell right into place anyway, because I was right at a, with the Mickey Rourke, uh, nine and a half week, another nine and a half weeks. It was not as good as the first one with Kim Basinger. Uh, Angie Everhart is good looking, but she is on the talent level of Cindy Crawford in that, uh, Billy Baldwin, Cindy Crawford movie. Uh, and, um, this one wasn't very erotic. It was more, um, uh, Mickey Rourke's character, you know, just feeling bad and feeling like shit. Uh, and, uh, because he screwed up the, his relationship with Kim Basinger and trying to find her and throughout the whole movie and he's depressed and everything. Um, but it's just, it's, it's too long too, but I want to watch the next thing I want to watch is, uh, uh, wild orchids with him and Carrie Otis. Uh, because I remember that one not being very good either. And she was a, a good looking model who also became Mickey Rourke's wife in real life. Uh, but I just want to watch it again. Cause I'm on kind of like a Mickey thing here, uh, watching his shitty movies. <laughs> but anyway, I'm going to get off here. And, uh, again, thanks for listening. If you are, uh, if you want to leave some comments or whatever about the show or anything, you know, just say hi, me. <laughs> On the group, we're still there. We have our core group. It's not a big group, but it's a quality group. And, uh, you know, everybody is uh, doing their thing and uh, appreciate the support. Talk to you later, children.